0: but Lula, she
1: again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and that was a pretty funky version of Bebopalula from Paul McCartney uh, at the Unplugged recording uh, that he did back way back in 1991 and uh, I have uh, that's going to be the subject of our podcast today and I don't know about you Chris but I have very good memories of paul mccartney playing on mtv unplugged and i remember watching it and i've had it on vhs for a long time Mm -hmm. and just had a i don't know we'll talk about all the the stuff that went into it but it to me it's it's really great memories of paul mccartney and the things i like best about him
2: well it was 25 years ago and um the show went so well that they released a quote-unquote official bootleg. Which actually started started the trend of unplugged albums coming out from MTV's Unplugged. So, uh, cutting edge, actually.
1: Yeah, that's true. And as I might I might add here, I'm holding my official bootleg copy, which uh, the, I believe there were 500,000 of them made. Or it was supposed to be like a limited edition thing. So I have a stamp, kind of like the White Album. Yeah, uh, mine is number. And this is, I'm sure, very valuable. Number 129,582. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, good, that's a good one. So if anyone wants to make that's me a- an offer for this rarity, <laughs> I can, uh, oh, can go up and go to our Facebook page. Or- uh, now, Dave, over the
2: years, this has been uh, a touchstone for you and I. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Joking-wise. Because uh, there's a few uh, very fun moments. In this, uh, and we'll we'll play them as we as we go along. <laughs> if you're a
1: long time listener to the podcast, you've heard Chris reference some of those. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: yeah, this is Paul. Paul uh, was very loose in this performance, and very having a having a good time, mm-hmm. and a uh, a few extra quips and uh, Paul uh, uh, isms in this <laughs> in this bad boy. It's just a. Uh, Excellent, excellent
1: yeah. stuff. You may remember, I don't know if they still do Unplugged. Does, does MTV still do that anymore? Or? Well,
2: officially it's still a thing, but the, um, the amount uh, that they do of them are very uh, small now, like maybe one or two a year. I think the last one I remember was 2014 uh, Miley Cyrus one. Oh wow. Uh, um, but they've been doing them all the way since it uh, debuted back in 1989.
1: Yeah, it was a very long time ago. And and based, this was kind of a a special series where everybody who was everybody would get a chance to uh, go in and into the studios and MTV and just play acoustically, which, you know, we have there are a lot of great albums that came out of it too. I'm Thinking one of my favorite Unplugged albums was Eric Clapton's uh, performance on Unplugged, and that's where his slow version of Layla became really famous. Uh, And I know Bob Dylan played on there, not very well, from what I remember. Uh, Neil Young.
2: Yeah, the Neil Young one's really good. I was going to say that. And uh, uh, Nirvana. Yeah, one of the final Nirvana performances was on Unplugged that was really famous. Mm -hmm. Now, some bands sort of took unplugged and was kind of like, yeah, yeah, sort of, played sort of unplugged. But Paul uh, particularly uh, insisted on playing uh, uh, completely unplugged. And you can see on the cover there's a uh, mic right in front of his guitar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So an old-fashioned square mic right in front of the old guitar there. Yeah,
1: and speaking of that guitar, maybe one reason why I love this so much is because he's playing the same guitar that I have too, which I bought because oh. of him, the Martin D twenty eight, and you get to see it a lot, and you see it still when he plays it in concert. But uh, it just has such a great sound, and and it looks good. I, this is I don't know, just like I said, just a lot of uh, good memories, and the looseness of this of the atmosphere around this program really makes it stand out to me. It's it's obviously rehearsed, but. There's. Yeah. It seems like a little less scripted than what he does. In, you know, ever since he toured, uh, this, this was 1991. So it was right after his big return to the arenas and the show that I saw him back in Chicago in 1989. Uh, but so this is kind of right in the midst of that.
2: Yeah, I, I. It has a freshness and a looseness to it. So many of these songs that he uh, plays in this, he never played in concert before. Um, uh, including a lot of oldies. Maybe it's a little heavy on the oldies <laughs> for, for my taste. There's several oldies that didn't even make the album yeah. that he played, but and and it's such a rarity. You know, it's such a rarity. There's not another opportunity quite like this for Paul to just kind of throw away his catalog
1: mm-hmm.
2: and play whatever the heck he feels like playing.
1: And it's you. You mentioned he played a lot of songs he hadn't played live before at, at this concert, and I'd say he hasn't played again since. In a few cases, either uh, it it just is really fresh and uh, like a nice mixture of things. And part of it is the band, and I I know a lot of people really like the current McCartney band, who he's played with for a long time, and and you know the Rusty Anderson and Brian Ray and. Uh, abe laborial jr that group but i i think of his touring bands since wings this band uh, to me has been the favorite and i think they're very very good they sound excellent on here and uh, we should probably run down the personnel so we can get a sense of who's playing and including one person who is still playing with paul actually Uh, so we've got paul listed as playing acoustic guitar drums and vocals yeah. Uh, this was, of course, Linda. Linda was still. Lind. There. Yeah, Lind was still around, <laughs> uh, playing piano. And then you see her in the video playing this thing called Indian harmonium. Looks like yeah. a suitcase that she keeps opening and closing.
2: She's a little bit uh, uh, in the background in this yeah. thing, a little, mm, a little too much. If yeah. you ask me, she kind of disappears, uh, and her hair looks weird. She's got like. <laughs> Some sort of like... Her hair looks weird. Scum, kind of, some kind of like braid in her hair or something. I don't, I don't know what's happening there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so she got Linda. And then you might remember Hamish Stewart for his uh, short white hair. Or and blonde, giant face. And giant face. <laughs> and I guess it was blonde or gray. It's hard to... Gray, white. I don't know. Hard to tell at the time. But yeah. his giant face. And he's playing acoustic bass. And uh, acoustic guitar, Robbie McIntosh, who was a member of the Pretenders, uh, yeah. plays some yeah, plays some really great guitar <laughs> solos. He also plays dobro and vocals. On drums, we have Blair Cunningham, who played on Off the Ground" and some of that the albums of that period. And then last but not least,)
0: Wix!
1: <laughs> Wix! <laughs> That's that's Chris yelling wicks at every single McCartney (laughs) show he's been to at full volume. That would be Paul Wicks Wickens on the piano, keyboard, accordion, percussion, acoustic bass, and vocals all around. uh, Amazing player. And he, I I think you and I both would agree, he just really steals the show in a lot of cases.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I in fun kind of yell wicks and stuff, but (laughs) uh, in all seriousness, he's... So good in this particular concert, get some get some chances to play some solos. It's just really uh, excellent, and I think uh, Hamish Stewart really stands out in this thing too. Yeah, in fact, he sings <laughs> sings lead on one. We'll we'll hear that a little bit later. Yeah, talk about it.
1: And that's yeah, he he does stand out. And that's the thing when you're playing acoustically, the vocals really stand out and have to be on par. And you hear Paul and Hamish really vocalize well together. I think their harmonies sound great. So they yeah. clearly spent a lot of time working on the vocal uh, touches on all these songs because you're going to hear them. So uh, that's that's a real positive thing.
2: Now, before we get into the track list and, and go through the uh, uh, Unplugged official bootleg, uh, you, you uh, described MTV Unplugged. Uh, uh, there, but I think it was a little bit long-winded. Oh, um, but uh, I, you know, I mean, uh, uh, let, let's just let Paul McCartney explain what Unplug is to us.
0: Welcome to Unplugged, the program where everybody takes their plugs out and goes mad. Now,
1: <laughs> well, okay, all right, you're right. I mad. I take back everything we just talked about. Let's just let Sir Paul take it away there yeah we we go mad so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. um uh, uh so the it's
2: so the uh recording of the uh, concert and the album track listing are are uh, completely different mm-hmm. so if you watch the video it's a completely different whole deal um and the, and the video that's available on youtube right now you can see all of the Warm up songs and um, yeah, it's terrific. things of that nature. It's really terrific. Uh, but the official bootleg starts with that uh, Bebop Alula, the Gene Vincent, Tex <laughs> Davis song. Uh, what, do, what do you think of that?
1: Uh, well, I was going to ask you we, we talked about Bebop Alula on John Lennon's rock and roll album. And I know you, I remember you saying it wasn't one of your favorite songs. No. No. But, it was, but John's version sounds a lot different than Paul's. So I wonder if you prefer Paul's any better because it's a, it's slower and a little more relaxed. I prefer Paul's
2: uh, here. I think it's a, a excellent um, energy to it, and Paul, uh, you know, this song's a little bit Elvisy. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that's sort of in Paul's wheelhouse, and <laughs> he really tears into that. She's a girl out of love. That that kind of yes. stuff. Yeah. And he even gets some woo-woos and yep-yeps from the
1: audience.
2: We're <laughs> oh, yeah. like into it, big yeah. time. So <laughs> it has a, it has excellent energy. It really is a, a good uh, starter for this, uh, this record.
1: And so it makes it. It's kind of interesting that he would continue on the album with a song that no one's ever heard before. After that opener, and he. Uh, we'll let him tell you about it, actually, uh, in the song. So we'll listen to a little of uh, "I've lost, I lost my little girl."
0: Well, I woke up late this morning. My head was in a whirl. Only then I realized I lost my little girl. up. Oh.
2: Oh, the very yeah.
1: first song I wrote what do you think of uh, Paul's self-professed very first song he wrote
2: Um, it's I mean it's a, a real treat that he played that for this audience and pulled something out that's a super-duper rarity. It's not that great of a song. And he didn't really bother to finish it for us. Let me tell you the story of the very first song I wrote. It's kind of eye-rolling. And he even sort of, at the end of it, kind of fluffs it off and is like, "The her hair didn't always curl. Is the reason we didn't play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, but it is a real genuine treat to to hear it, and huh. a perfect, perfect thing to pull out. I, I wish he did it more, like just, hey, here's a big surprise, I'm going to play this thing. I know, Never I heard.
1: know. There you go. And it shows that relaxed feel of this particular concert, especially where we just fade it out. He repeats the first verse, and he does some Buddy Holly uh, you know, the girl, girl kind of things. <laughs> Little Buddy Holly hiccup is in there, and it's which obviously he's you know owns Buddy Holly's music, so that's his big idol. So, all right, yeah, it's cute. It's probably, I think we're doing pretty well for numbers one and two.
2: Yeah, he fi- he finally here plays uh one we all recognize, a, a Beatles tune for everybody. And I think this is a brilliant version of this. And we'll talk about, especially about the instrumentation on this one. Uh, it's here, there, and everywhere.
0: To lead a better life, I need my love to be here, here. making each day of food. Changing my life with a wave of her hand Nobody can deny that there's something there There Running my hands through their hair. Both of us thinking how good Someone is speaking, but she doesn't know he's there. I need her everywhere, and if she's beside me, I know I need never care. Got to love her is to need her everywhere.
1: Yeah, so you got to hear some great harmonizing with Hamish and believe some accordion from Wix,
2: yeah i love that accordion in there it just like really makes it it adds sort of a international flavor to it yeah yeah,
1: yeah. it's very nice and that's a song that paul can't really sing anymore so it's just too high and it's really nice to hear it done in that version so
2: yeah there's a couple on here that is uh voice was still high enough to sing that he probably couldn't couldn't uh, do it again. <laughs> no.
1: And you think about it, okay. he was 49 here in 1991. And that, or I guess 48 or 49, uh, that's pretty he still sounds really great on here at that point. So, uh, yeah. Very nice song. And that's followed up by another cover and one of the there are a couple of countryish tunes on this album, or bluegrass songs. This is a bluegrass song, and that—that's something you don't really expect from Paul either. He had a couple of country-type hits in, or you know, country songs like "Country Dreamer" and "Heart of the Country," things like that. Uh, but I, you know, it's nice to hear him use this or play this kind of a song. So here's Bill Monroe's "Blue Moon of Kentucky."
0: Keep on shining. Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue. Well, blue moon of Kentucky. Keep on shining. Shine on the one that's gone and left me blue. But it was on. And
1: That's some pretty snazzy dobro work from Robbie McIntosh on that one. Yeah, whipping out the old dobro. Yeah. Um, this it's pretty good in uh, a
2: little bit. We we cut it off before the <laughs> two and a half minute mark, where it goes into like a faster, faster uh, tempo. Uh, and I think it's just both of those tempos really well done. Yeah. Real fun. You know the the selections were so enjoyable the of the of the covers he did uh, just so much fun
1: yeah yeah
2: i really i really uh like that one
1: real contrast from the more scripted shows that he was doing at the same time and the big stadiums and things like that so uh, much more intimate although he did play the next song at the uh, the big shows too. We all know this one, but there's some funny stuff that goes on in the next one. So I'm going to let you. I'm going to tee this up for you here.
2: Now, now this is probably the highlight of the whole thing for me, which is just it shows you how loose and, and goofy they were. I'm going to play the the clip from the actual video. They they sort of shorten it on the unplugged album, but uh, there's some uh, some some false starts here. so yep but uh, also some woohoo's and yep yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, thanks for all your woo and yeah and woo-hoo and all of that. Yeah, yeah in fact, let's have a little more of that, can we? <laughs>
1: steady.
0: <laughs> steady, boy, steady. Are we ready? Try to in my way Now we'll tell i around, right I'm wrong Hang on, hang on, hang on I only got the words wrong, didn't I? Been a long time This is so informal, we'll start again we'll have A few more, woo-hoo's yeah! <laughs> Wait a minute, what is the word? the word? Do I have to? I got it, I got it Four, two, three. Try to see in my way Do I have to keep on I totally got, I think we're going to have to make work out. Do you want to sing it? No, I had him. I knew him. I did before I came in here. I think just have little thing, hang on.
2: And then he finally gets it right and plays, plays it and it's really great. And there's a <laughs> in it and stuff. But so much fun to hear all that silliness.
1: Yeah, and, but, but it's Paul McCartney, so I wonder, do you think any of that was scripted or was that just completely natural? I think it was natural.
2: Yeah. It, it really comes off as like you know, like he's, he he sings one of the lyrics and you see a look in his eyes of like, yeah, hey, that was it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty, uh, pretty good. It's rare to see him so loose.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it moves on to the next song on the album here. This is actually a tune that Eric Clapton also covered on his unplugged, album. It's a a cover song called San Francisco Bay Blues and uh, this one has another nice feel to it. Some more great dobro work there
2: yeah uh, this is uh one of the uh, the best of the covers i thought i think they just nail this one and it's a little bit of a lesser known uh song than say uh, blue moon of kentucky or bebop Lula. so i just uh thought it was a great choice and sounds real good next uh he plays we won't play this but i've just seen a face uh, awesome version, I think, mm-hmm. sort of like a almost like a washboard sounding the strumming's a little bit different on this version yeah. a touch touch a country in it
1: yeah, continuing that the lost uh, country influence of Paul McCartney that we really didn 't know much about is suddenly on this album when he pulls out the plugs and goes mad i I think the next song is really to me one of the highlights oh album. yeah yeah and this is a song he, It's interesting he picks three songs from McCartney from his first solo album which and it's not the ones you think or not the one you think it's, there's no maybe I'm amazed anywhere to be found here mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a couple of uh, lesser-known tracks and then this one is pretty well known but is uh, still outstanding and so we'll check out uh, a little bit of every night
0: I just wanna go out, get out of my head. Every night I don't wanna play, get out of my bed. Every night I wanna play every day. I just want to stay in and be
2: Yeah, actually, this is probably my preferred version of this song. It's just uh, the <laughs> vocal oh. harmonies are just uh, outstanding. Yeah. They, they even add some that aren't in the original that, uh, that we, when you and I tried a, 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 <laughs> a version of this uh, between ourselves, we, we played this, this version of it with mm-hmm. the uh, time and mind. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, it's later on. It's just really great,
1: really intricate, and at the end where we just stop the recording, they sing the vocals again, but in, but cappella. Yeah, and it's really like just precisely on. Just sounds so clean and beautiful sounding. So uh, yeah, the vocals are just amazing on that track. Now here's probably
2: the most the the version of the song that most strays from the original. Um, uh, which is uh, "She's a Woman." It it really sounds a lot different than the Beatles' version. So, let's play a little "She's a Woman." What do you think uh, she's a woman?
1: It's got a more of like a shuffle feel kind of like a chung 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 chung, chung, chung. uh it feels like a train song almost and that's again yeah like you said really different from the more bluesy version that you hear on the on the Beatles song. So uh, great vocals there at the end as you heard and I think Wix plays some tasty piano under it. Yeah. Yeah, Wix yeah.
2: uh, uh awesome on it. You know, he could use a little bit more of this in his current sets, too, of, like, taking a song that he's, like, a jet or something and maybe playing it in a slightly different way, you know? I think, I think that would like, uh, help, help some of the hits yeah. stand out a little bit, you know? Yeah. To hear, like, uh, she's a woman in such a different way is a real treat. If you ask me.
1: Yeah. It's funny why he won't do it that. Do, you know, we've talked about before somebody like Bob Dylan, who, I mean, he probably takes it to the extreme. Of, <laughs> yeah. Completely. Bob Dylan, it's like, what the hell is this? Yeah, and then what song
2: is finally, <laughs> finally, about two minutes into it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's tangled up in blue. <laughs> oh, that's why the lights are all blue in here. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like radical reinvention. Uh, so but it, part of that is
2: now he sounds like,, oh, what about, a <laughs> a what about a <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah It's
1: pretty rough, but he but, was real rough on his unplug, too, I oh know. yeah, a very hard. ragged vocal yeah. sound on that. That was right after uh, the those albums that I know you loved, uh, World Gone Wrong and yeah. uh, or what was that? Good as I've been to yeah, you. Yeah, good as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's he sound on those albums? Fragged. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so we're not we're not suggesting that Paul go the complete one eighty like Bob, but yeah, but no. a little like a different feel would be kind of nice, and that that it, it does change your whole perspective of the song yeah and not on every song but just a couple of
2: just mix a couple of them up up for your own fun yeah
1: exactly exactly so well i uh, know the the next couple we're gonna skip here but i know we'll just mention a little bit uh this next one is another cover and i I love the the author the writer of this song is robert higginbotham a great name and that's high heel sneakers, and you're not a big fan of high heel sneakers, I take it. Yeah, I could probably do without.
2: Uh, I, I'm uh, any oldie song that's about almost nothing. <laughs> there's a, there's an oldie called Barefootin', yeah. and I, at the end, he's like yeah, the guy. The guy gleefully says, "I ain't got no shoes on." That's that's sort of what I <laughs> I think. High heel sneakers <laughs> is in that category, you know. Put on clothes is the whole song.
1: Yeah. It doesn't really make much sense. It's like put on your red dress baby, uh put that wig hat on your head and yes. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's I, mean, just I guess they're going
2: on. dancing, so that's why she's gotta wear her sneakers. Yeah. But why high heel <laughs> high heel sneakers?
1: Weird. Yeah. So that's a skipper for you. Yeah. Uh and the next song uh we could play cuz it's really beautiful but it's already an acoustic track and isn't it's of the Beatles songs on here it's probably the most similar even mm-hmm. though there's some great background vocals that were not on the original track from Hamish but that's and I love her.
2: Yeah, that's uh, the once again uh, just brilliant vocal harmonies on this uh uh excellent.
1: Yeah. And the next song uh is another one from McCartney and I've always had mixed feelings about this one because it has really to me weak lyrics uh but well the
2: song I think the song is so-so but I think they improve upon the original and they they add a lot of we, won't, we probably won't get to those sections but soloing and and some instrumentation on this that isn't on the original it makes it sound uh just uh g- adds to the interest level hmm. uh additionally this is a song that we were really talking about uh uh paul's voice can't do this now i don't yeah. think uh but it's a real treat to hear him do that would be something
1: A lot bluesier than the the version on McCartney, and that that Dobro again. I keep bringing it up, but that Dobro just adds so much.
2: Yeah, they uh, this four oh two on, on this. Wow, I think the original's what two minutes Short. and yeah, thirty. Yeah, shorter, shorter for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're not gonna play the next song, but I wanted to play the intro to it because uh, it's a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun silliness happens. <laughs>
0: The song of the lady at rehearsal called Blackboard. I said, no, 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 that's Blackbird. Subtle difference. <laughs> oh, she's a big fan. <laughs> OK, you ready, Rob? That's her! <laughs> now she's nicking me water. Bloody hell. taking me papers it? it? we're doing blackboard
2: love blackboard, blackboard. blackboard. come in she likes this one Go on dear me she won't pay her next go
1: on gotcha. and then he screws it up <laughs> screws up the intro too <laughs> <laughs> uh, which so, is easy to do yeah <laughs> uh,
2: a lot a lot of uh a lot of fun if you didn't catch uh, all of that uh there was a lady who kept calling the song blackboard <laughs> instead of blackbird and uh, <laughs> uh uh, fun, fun moment. Uh, and of course, you know, Blackbird's great.
1: too. Oh, yeah. And this is something that's probably the most obvious sign that this was recorded in London and is extremely British because of the, uh, the, the he's like really Englishing it up with calling her love and nicking me water. And,
2: yeah. And he's, he's
1: just- <laughs> yeah, it's so, and earlier
2: he's like, do it. Doing some voices, doing some, doing some, <laughs> some uh, its its just glorious. McCartney sort of—I uh, hate to say pandering, but, <laughs> but but sort of like, see, I'm one of you
1: Englishies. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's pretty it's great for something now. For something completely different, yeah. Uh, oh. maybe we shouldn't even talk about it. Let's just play it and and see. See what uh reaction is to this one. and this is a uh, you know this is on Paul McCartney unplugged. so let's let's see what this track number fourteen is all about.
0: sunshine when she's gone only darkness every day ain't no sunshine when she's gone and this house just ain't no home Any time she goes away wonder this time where she's gone. Is she really going to stay? Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. She's always gone too long. Anytime she goes away.
1: Whoa, that's not Paul McCartney. No, it's a little Hamish
2: on vocals. But that is Paul McCartney. There's a lot of Paul McCartney on the
1: drums. Oh. Yeah, they switched around on this one.
2: Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Paul as a drummer?
1: He's very good. Uh, we know him from the when Ringo walked out on the White Album when he plays on uh, Back in the USSR and Dear Prudence and uh, Ballad of John Yoko. He's real solid, I guess I'd describe him. Yeah. He, that one, he's a little more interesting. It sounds like he's playing with brushes.
2: Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He's
1: playing with brushes. And
2: a couple times you catch him maybe hitting a symbol yeah. in the wrong order and that kind of thing, but you can tell he, pl- he plays for fun every once in a while. right? And on a couple of his I'll play everything <laughs> albums. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. But uh, not too bad. I uh, Bill Withers to oh, me yeah. is really good. I love Bill Withers. There's a... Uh, Documentary called "Still Bill," which I could not recommend higher. It's mm-hmm. excellent, and if you don't know the story of Bill Withers and him qu- basically quitting uh, playing yeah. music, uh, uh, it's uh, highly recommended.
1: Yeah, and that's a that's a classic song to play in a rock band. And I'm, I played that song many times in the Bad Water Blues Band. Oh yeah, out of Warrensburg, Missouri. So we, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun to play in solo over a minor key blues like that. So, uh,
2: how many uh, times can Dave say "I know" uh, in one breath? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I can keep up with Hamish on that one. <laughs> nope. Uh, but once again Hamish uh, excellent job uh, probably uh, the highlight of Hamish's career right probably there. yeah and it's something that you know and you notice obviously in Wings uh, the, some of the other band members got to sing like Denny Lane and uh, Jimmy McCullough and Joe English but in his current band nobody really sings except him
2: well, you know, at some point, I I think he he switched to that mode of like, oh, this is the only time people will see me, so yeah. I must I must just be on stage at all moments, right? And, you know, yeah. but uh, uh so uh, that's followed by another uh, oldie, good rockin' tonight, Elvis. I Elvis, uh, I think the piano and guitar solos are excellent in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's El- the old El. There's actually a bunch of Elvis tunes on here including some of the ones that were not included on the album uh, so you get to hear Paul channeling Elvis uh, that, that's that got a good feel to it He again the voice he can do things he really has a harder time with now but uh, sounds sounds good and I don't know maybe we should mention some of the other al- uh, songs that were not because we're almost at the end of the uh, actual released album but there were other tunes that were uh in the video but not on the album so a uh, couple ones i know you like midnight special uh he he tells a whole story about the story of the
2: song midnight special and then he sings it so mm-hmm. i thought that was pretty good uh the fool what's the fool
1: yeah <laughs> I had to, yeah I, it was very obscure he tells <laughs> he mentions before he sings the song that it was a country song and he yeah. mentions the name of a composer and I, I don't remember who it was i'd never heard of him uh, but it was just kind of a countryish tune. Yeah, I, I didn't like The Fool that much. No, it didn't uh, really do much. Mean Woman Blues. I just like Mean Woman Blues. That was a real up-tempo. <laughs> it, it, I, when I first thought Mean Woman Blues, I was expecting him to be like, She done me wrong. <laughs> yeah. What I do. Yeah, <laughs> and instead, it's like a very peppy, up-tempo song. Yeah. So it was a
2: little bit weird. Kind of fun, though. Yeah, fun. Uh, uh, things We Said Today, that's, you know... Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty real straightforward version of yeah, that. Yeah. Maybe maybe the weakest of the... Well, obviously, they didn't include yeah. a record. Uh, and Matchbox.
1: Oh, yes. One of your favorites. <laughs> Paul doing Matchbox, though. Yeah. It's a, it's a, he he loves treat. that one. If you look at yeah. all his set lists for sound checks at uh, all of his gigs, they almost always play Matchbox.
2: My favorite uh, version of Matchbox is you doing a Ringo impression singing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's my. That's my. If you don't want Ringo's peaches, honey. Uh, (laughs) That's
2: my favorite. Uh, But anyway, yeah. uh, 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 Probably the most, uh, or most, or second most successful of all of these cover versions. uh, uh, Sort of wraps up the album. Definitely wraps up the concert. That was Singing the Blues. A little whistling there at the yeah,
1: end. <laughs> a little whistle solo from Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that great uh, close. It closed the show, I believe, before yeah. the before uh, the last song we're gonna play. But uh, Guy Mitchell on uh, uh, singing the blues, just very fun, lighthearted, really epitomizes the whole concert, and uh, just just a great closer and relaxed. Lots of fun and catchy, and all the good things we like about Paul.
2: Yeah, I feel like you just really nailed this this whole idea, the whole concept. I mean, it's it's funny because just this week there was a, a story about him recording uh, emojis. Yeah, for Skype. Musical emojis for Skype, which I haven't checked out yet. We should check that out after we uh, get yeah. off the air here. But uh, I feel like when he's presented with an idea outside of him and somebody's like hey what what we want you to do is come in and play just acoustic stuff what do you mean <laughs> just just get you know just acoustic it's unplugged you don't have your guitar you know and he's like oh that's a great idea i feel like he just nailed it maybe if it was me i would have maybe played two or three less oldies and maybe a couple more obscure uh you know something off of wings wildlife or
1: something well <laughs> <A little> back <laughs> a, to the egg maybe yeah yeah egg egg more egg oh. yeah but yeah uh, it's a, it's a winner overall the set list and just a, a good vibe of that tour and i don't maybe it's because as i said when we started i remember it really well because i, I don't know it was right high schoolish or a little or, yeah i guess it was high school uh just so really into the Beatles at that time and whatever Paul was doing was exciting. So uh and in fact he was on MTV because you didn't expect Paul to be on MTV. Yeah. He wasn't exactly the type of artist that they featured at that time. So uh it was even more of a treat to watch him do a concert like this. It's funny that these
2: unplugs some of the best ones. Are like the Eric Clapton one won a Grammy, the Tony Bennett one. Oh, one yeah. Yeah. Grammy. It's the older artists just like go in there and just nail it.
1: Yeah. So and I'm a big fan of REM, and they just released a couple of years ago their unplugged concerts from 1991 and uh, 2001, I believe. Mm-hmm. So kind of hearing the differences there and also just terrific shows. So yeah. it's a great concept. So as an album, do you give it a what do you like a nine? Yeah, I,
2: I, yeah. I, I, think I gotta I, go yeah. nine. It's, it's, it's. I think it's the best of the. Well, that's tough. That's a tough call. But it's a, it's definitely better than the, just released before this tripping the live fantastic,
1: <laughs> and tripping the live fantastic highlights. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've talked about some of Paul's live albums before, and how how overkill they yeah, are. Paul is live. Yeah, Paul in uh, New York City. Paul is uh, back in the back USA. The USA. Yeah, uh, just overkill. But yeah, this Tim one was just stands up because it was really different, and uh, and you don't hear a lot. You don't hear "Let It Be" or "Hey Jude" or any of the same old tunes.
2: I just wish he would do this every once in a while, where. It's like you know what? Let's do a special concert for a smaller crowd, where we play some some more obscure stuff, and we'll record it, and you know we'll we'll uh, uh, release it as an album. Yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea, and he should have done it more than just this once. But I'm glad he did do it just yeah. this once. Absolutely. So we'll go out with what on the... Uh, my, my biggest pet peeve with this album <laughs> is that they call it junk on the album where diehard fans like you and I know it as sing-along junk. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> There's a difference here. So. There's yeah. a big difference.
2: <laughs> so we'll go out with junk. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, uh, th- uh, follow us on Facebook. Uh, follow me at at Follow us at I've Got a Beatles on Facebook or uh, Twitter as well. At, at I've Got a Beatles, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah it is. And uh, we our, keep uh, we keep putting the songs of nights out there, and you keep uh, uh, responding to them. And you guys have been uh, posting more things to the uh, Facebook page. Go ahead and do that yeah you see you see a story that we haven't posted, please uh, post it and uh, the couple of you have uh, posted stuff in the last week that had just been really interesting and sparked a lot of uh, conversation so uh, that's that's what we're going for so
1: absolutely and we'll uh our next uh, podcast will likely be related to a certain Beatles' birthday coming up.
2: Ooh, Ooh, intriguing! Yes, Look I at that, yeah, I'm that gonna have to get out my
1: calendar. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. So, uh, in the meantime, we'll uh, go out today with junk from no. Selma. Oh, so, so, okay. All right, all right. Well, I'm just <laughs> well, read, I'm reading off the album is. here. Yeah. I'm just reading yeah. off the album. <laughs> this, come on, Chris. This is a copy <laughs> number one hundred twenty-nine thousand five hundred eighty-two. <laughs> so it must be right. Yeah. <laughs> Now we'll go out with sing-along junk from Paul McCartney Unplugged, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you.